The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. Hello and good evening and welcome and good evening. It might be midday where you are, could be morning, could be mid-afternoon, could even be yesterday or tomorrow, I don't know. Anyway, hello and welcome to the Sofora Film Podcast. Uh, I am Andy Walker, once again. Um, I wasn't for a little while, but now I am again. And uh, this is my son, Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello there. How are you? I'm all right. Enjoying the weird weather outside wise i already did look outside out my window because it's a weird color in the sky okay i'm, I'm a weird color she look i've got red well that's what happens when you're out in the sun yeah i burnt my head a bit well, at least it's only a little bit and it's not like bright red like it has been true it's true it's true um so yes following on from last week's um interesting discussion of the two science fiction films of Lawnmower and Lawnmower Man 2. Um, this week we are doing the same things but with horror films. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week we have got two horror films. Uh, one is the sequel to the... The second one is the sequel to the first one. I'm not going to get into that again. Um so we'll uh, we'll work our way through this and see how it goes. So, are you ready? Yes. Okay. The first film is from 1971, and it is the Abominable Doctor Fibes, classic movie of its type, uh, directed by Robert Fust. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, he did a lot of TV series and films in the 70s and 80s. He did And Soon the Darkness in 1970, Doctor Five Rises Again in 1972, The Final Program in 1973, and The Devil's Reign in 1975. Uh, the writers are James Witten, who wrote a load of stuff for TV series in the 60s, and he wrote this and Doctor Five Rises Again and, uh, in 72, and a film called Murder by Phone in 1982. Uh, and uh, William Goldstein, and the only other thing he did was the Doctor Five Rises Again in 72. Now, the main character is played by Vincent Price. Yes. So let's go through his... Are we going to be able to do this in just one episode? Yeah, just, <laughs> we're just concentrating on the horror sci-fi type stuff, okay? Not, not the others. Just, not the, just on the horror stuff, we could be here for a while. I know. Uh, so he did TV movies and series in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. 
He started off his film career. He did uh, The Invisible Man Returns in 1940. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. He was the voice of The Invisible Man in 1948. House of Wax, 1953. The Mad Magician in 1954. The Story of Mankind in 1957. The Fly in 1958. House on Haunted Hill in 1959. Return of the Fly in 1959. And The Tingler in 1959. The Bat in 1959. The House of Usher in 1960, Master of the World in 1961, Pit and the Pendulum 1961, Tales of Terror in 1962, The Raven 1963, Diary of a Madman 1963, The Haunted Palace in 1963, Twice Told Tales in 1963, Comedy of Terrors in 1963, hey, The Last Man on Earth 1964, The Mask of the Red Death 1964, The Tomb of the Gia in 1964. City in the Sea, 1965. Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine in 1965. Fantastic. Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs in 1966. Uh, Witchfinder General in 1968. Spirits of the Dead, he was a voice in that in 1968. Uh, the Oblong Box in 1969. Scream and Scream Again, 1970. Cry of the Banshee in 1970. Dr. Five Rises Again, 1972. Theatre of Blood, 1973. Madhouse in 1974. Journey into Fear in 1975, The Monster Club in 1981, House of the Long Shadows in 1983, Bloodbath at the House of Death in 1984, From a Whisper to a Scream in 1987, Dead Heat in 1988, and Edward Scissorhands in 1990. And for that, for that, this episode, that's it. <laughs> so, and, and of course, you played Egghead in Batman, the TV series. <laughs> If, the man, if, if no one describes this man as being the be-all and end-all of horror films, they need to just listen to his back, his back catalogue. Oh, I mean, he is he, he is fantastic in everything. I, I love Vincent Price. He's one of my all-time favourite actors. Um, so we also have Joseph Cotton, who was, again, in film and TV series of the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. He was in From Earth to the Moon in 1958, Lady Frankenstein in 1971, Barren Blood in 1972, Soylent Green in 1973, The Island of the Fishmen in 1979, The Hearse in 1980, Delusion 1981, and The Survivor in 1981. Um, I know it sounds really horrible, but nothing you read that now is going to be anywhere near as good as Bryce's stuff. Well, you know, yeah, I know. There are some really interesting people in this, though. Oh, yeah. Um, then we have Virginia North. Now, Virginia North did some TV series and stuff in the 60s, and she was in one Bond film. But other than that, she really didn't do a lot. She was more a um, sort of uh, model than an actress, really. But, uh, yeah. There you go. Then we have uh, Terry Thomas. Yeah, Terry Thomas did. He was mostly known for, for doing comedy stuff, but he did Things to Come in 1936, The Wonderful World of the Brothers Grimm in 1962, Monsters Go Home in 1966, 2000 Years Later in 1980, uh, sorry, 1969, Dogs Five Rises Again in 1972, The Vault of Horror in 1973, and The Hound of the Baskervilles in 1978. Uh, then we have Sean Berry who was in If in 1968, and he was also one Bond movie. Uh, Susan Travers, who was in Peeping Tom in 1960, The Snake Woman in 1961, and The Mind Snatchers 
1972. She also did some TV series work in the 1960s. David Hutchison was in The Evil of Frankenstein in 1964 and on TV in 60s and 70s. Uh, Edward Burnham was in TV series in the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, all of which were kind of like um, sci-fi horror related. Yeah. Uh, Alex Scott, he was in TV series and films in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Uh, he was in uh, Gorgo in 1961. Fahrenheit 451 in 1966, Twins of Evil in 1971, The Ace Fix in 1972, Next of Kin in 1982, and no to class it as horror, really, but he was a romper stomper in 1992 as well. It technically is because he's got it on the, on the description as a horror film. But... Yeah. Uh, we've got Peter Gilmore, who was in TV series in the 70s and 80s, and he was in Warlords of the Deep in 1978. Uh, Maurice Kaufman, TV series 50s, 60s and 70s. He was in The Quatermass Experiment in 1955. The Man Without a Body in 1957. The Giant, Giant Behemoth in 1959. Gorgo in 1961. Die, Die, My Darling in 1965. Psycho Circus in 1966, Fright in 1971, and The Vault of Horror in 1973. There's a lot of people in this film, actually. Uh, Peter yeah. Jeffrey did TV series in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. He was in If in 1968, uh, Goodbye Gemini in 1970, Countess Dracula in 1971, What Became of Jack and Jill in 1972, and Dr. Five Arrives Again in 1972. Uh, Derek Godfrey, TV series in the 50s and 60s. He did The Vengeance of She in 1968, Hands of the Ripper in 1971. Norman Jones, TV series in the 60s and 70s. Uh, he did You Only Live Twice in 1967 and The Mind of Mr. Soames in 1970. Uh, John Cater, TV series in the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. And he did Dr. Five Rises Again in 1972 and another great film, Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter in 1974. Uh, Alex Zipsong did nothing. Alan, Alan, sorry, Alan Zipsong did nothing that we have any interest to us whatsoever. Uh, Dallas Adams uh, did TV series in the 60s, 70s and 80s, and he did From Beyond the Grave in 1974. That's a good film as well. James Grout did TV series in the 70s, 80s and 90s, but nothing else for us, really. Uh, Alistair Williamson did TV series in the 60s and 70s. Uh, the Curse of the Werewolf, 1961. The Brain in 1962. The Evil of Frankenstein. Uh, I haven't got a date for that one. No, I haven't got the date for that one. I don't know. Uh, and the Gorgon, I haven't got David out either. No one. Uh, the Deadly Bees in 1966 and the Oblong Box in 1969. And we have Thomas Heathcote, who did some TV series in the 60s. Uh, Village of the Damned in 1960. Night of the Big Heat in 1967. Quatermass in the Pit in 1967. Burke and Hare in 1972. Demons of the Mind in 1972. Uh, Ian Marta, who was in TV series in the 1970s and the Medusa Touch in 1978. Julian Grant he did some TV series in the 70s. Uh, Hugh Griffith did TV series in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. He was in The Cry of the Banshee in 1970. Whoever Slew Auntie Rue in 1972. <laughs> Five Rises Again in 1972. The Final Program 1973. Craze in 1974. Legend of the Werewolf 1975. And The Hound of the Baskervilles in 1978. Uh, Aubrey Woods 
was a TV series, 1940s, uh, sorry, 1940s, 1970s and 1980s. Had a big gap in the career somewhere because they did, they did Horror Maniac in 1948 and then ZPG in 1972, which was kind of weird. John Laurie, who most people will probably know for being in Dad's Army, uh, did TV series in the 60s, 70s and the 90s. Uh, he did The Ghost of St. Michael's in 1941, Old Mother Riley's Ghost in 1941, Devil Girl from Mars, 1954, and The Reptile, 1966. Uh, Bra uh, Barbara Keogh did TV series in the 60s and 70s. In 1984 and 1956, that's confusing. Uh, the Quake and Mass <laughs> Conclusion in 1979, Paper House 1988, and Dark Corners in 2006. It's the most up-to-date film we've got so far. Yeah. Uh, Charles Farrell did TV series in the 50s, did The Vampire Lovers in 1970 and Countess Dracula in 1971. John, uh, John Franklin did uh, And Soon the Darkness 1970. Walter Horsborough, something like that, uh, did TV series in the 50s, 60s and 70s. He did Curse of the Demon in 1957 and Quakes of the Mass in the Pit. Uh, 1967. Now, interestingly, Joanna Lumbly was originally in this film, but all of her scenes were deleted. Don't know why, so I'm not going to go into what she did. There you go. Uh, Ron Gregory was in TV series in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Did Plague of the Zombies in 1966. Psycho Circus, 1966. Theatre of Death, 1967. Superman 2 in 1980. And Morons from Outer Space in 1985. Uh, George Hillsden did TV series in the 50s, 60s and 70s did Quatermass 2 in 1957 Conga 1961 The Snake Woman 1961 Day of the Triffids 1963 uh, Heavens Above 1963 First Meeting of the Moon 1964 Curse of the Mummy's Tomb 1964 The Spell 1965 Blood Beast from Outer Space 1965 They Came from Beyond Space 1967 Mass in the Pit 1967 Trog in 1970, The Mind of Mr. Soames 1970, At the Earth's Core 1976, and American Werewolf in London 1981, and Britannia Hospital in 1982. We're on to the last page. Uh, <laughs> Juba Kennelly uh, did TV series in the 60s and 70s and did The Hands of Orlack in 1960. Gorgo in 1961, The Day the Earth Caught Fire 1961, Day of the Triffids 1963, The Psychopath 1966, Dorian Gray 1970, The Taste, Taste the Blood of Dracula 1970, The Horror of Frankenstein 1970, The Rocky Horror Picture Show in 1975, uh, To the Devil of Daughter 1976, The Omen in 1976, and House of the Long Shadows in 1983. Julia Mendes. The Devils of Darkness in 1965, She in 1965, and Theatre of Death in 1967. Now, the next one is Caroline Munro. Now, Caroline Munro is in this film, but she doesn't actually act in this film. Because she plays the part of his wife, and you only actually see her in a photograph. So I'm not going to list the films that Caroline Munro was in. Because there's almost as many of them as there are for Vincent Price. So we'll leave it at that, all right? <laughs> I will say that the fact that this film, as we said, like, this film has got 
basically the alias of horror stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, British character actors and horror actors, isn't it? It's yeah. Incredible. It's, it's literally, if there's not a film that you haven't heard of, then really shouldn't have watched any horror films. It's just, it's just they've got a, a someone from every film ever by the sounds of it. Yeah. So the synopsis for this film says, Doctor, scientist, organist, and biblical scholar Anton Fibes seeks revenge on the nine doctors he considers responsible for the death of his wife. Yeah. What do you reckon? See, I'm a bit torn between this. I love Vincent Price. I, as you know, as one of my namesakes, um, yeah. I, I, I adore this man. I adore every film that, he's got, that he has ever been in. Um, it was, for this, it was a bit confusing in places for me because of the way that I think that he was done. But yeah. it was it was still really good. I love the fact that he doesn't actually he speaks, but it's not him. If you get it's, it's the recording over the top. It's, it's yeah, it's through it, the thing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. actually sort of do any camera on camera speaking. And I love the fact that it's in they do that. I think, I mean, I know what you mean. The beginning part of the film, the first part of the film, jumps around a bit, the way it's yeah. edited, the way it's cut together. But it, for me, that kind of adds to the, to the brilliant sort of craziness of the whole film. Yeah, because there's no real explanation about what's going on until that halfway through when yeah. the police get involved and they say, oh, this is what's going on, it's all to do with this. It's, it's only if you read the synopsis or sit there, it, it, it then sort of adds it together. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's an excellent film. I always have. It, it's, it is as mad as a box of frogs, the it whole is. film. And, and as, as is usual for British horror films of this time, I mean, this isn't a hammer horror, but it could well easily have been a hammer horror because it's that kind of style of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's as camp as a rubber tent. It's brilliant. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole thing is just, I think it's brilliant, and I th I think that Vincent Price is absolutely perfect. And do you know what I what I love about this is the fact that with a lot of films that we've watched, especially from the sixties and seventies, when they when you see the makeup, it's very very obvious. Yeah. It is so obvious and so outdated. But I love the way that they reversed it. The fact that the actual Vincent Price's face was the mask. And then when yeah. they took it off, when he takes it off, and I thought that was done very well. It was, was sliding the mask off, but the, the makeup underneath of him being burnt and um, disfigured, I thought was amazing. Yeah, oh no, it is incredible. It's, it's, it's it really did confuse me to begin with because there's, there's no real explanation to what what happened to him so, until about halfway through, yeah. and it's only when he's eating something that he goes, he puts it behind his head, and I'm like. What on earth is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, and I know. I know. For ages, and you see him drinking, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah. And it's only that halfway through that they or they sort of they can go, "I oh, was disfigured," and you see all that, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now." It, I, I love the fact that it, the fact that for this film, it was just it throws you curveballs all the time. Yeah, but it, it's 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 that um. I love the, the the sets as well because that whole kind of art deco sort of like 
the, the organ coming up from underneath and the mechanical yeah. musicians and the whole look of it is brilliant. Yeah, I, love, I do love the, the whole clockwork musicians. And, and it is just so insane. It's, yeah. You know what? The thing, if I didn't know any better, I would say it was from Vincent Price's mind. He's just the stuff. I sat there the whole way, and I'm like, I was sitting there at one point. Can is this? Am I imagining? Am I hallucinating? <laughs> and it's only I, I watched the whole film, and I didn't. Really, I googled it properly, and there's so many people that have said, that have said the same thing. Can he's just a wild and wacky film. Oh, it is, but it's brilliant. I, I love, I, one of my favourite things about this film is the the imaginative and different ways that he kills people. Yeah. With, I mean, the whole thing is done through, being done uh, using the, the 12 plagues of Egypt. Yeah, you know, the nine plagues yeah. of Egypt. But the, the, thing, the one that I love more than anything, I mean, some of them are pretty gory. Some of them are yeah. actually quite gory at times, and they do work really well. I mean, the, the, there's bits where they end up with no skin on or anything of that, that, yeah. all that kind of thing. But my favourite one has got to be the bloke that gets skewered by the brass unicorn. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Though? They've it got to take the, him off. It was the sand effects as well that we're moving. Yeah, but... <laughs> they've got to take, take him off and they've got to unscrew him. Yeah. And it's, the, the thing is that you don't even see it. All you see is, like... The camera um, and the guy who's sitting in the background, you see his feet pass. But then this is him, Dad, a little bit of less noise, please. And I'm sitting there, I was like, oh my God. It was just creasing up. It was, so, it was just so brilliant. The, 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 and it's, um, I, I, love, I love the way it, it works. I mean, the, the police are shown to be pretty much useless idiots. Well, um, I don't know. One of, one of them seems to sort of, clock on what's going on but then he's sort of because of the fact he's not high the higher power and the higher of it he sort of left to sort of sit and go just sharp and stay over there <laughs> i do like the the, the yeah it's the i mean the different ways he kills people it's there are a number of these films it's like this one is is uh the dr fibes things he uses the the plagues of egypt and that um but it, there's the other one is uh, there's another film called Theatre of Blood with Vincent Price in, in which he uses the, the methods of death from Shakespeare's plays, and it's you know it's the same sort of thing. It's just so inventive, so creative, yeah. done. You know, I mean, it's, it's like when he when he when he uses the when he <laughs> when he uses the uh, the the thing of covering the woman in in the sort of the glop that he makes out of Brussels sprouts, and then he yeah. puts all the the crickets down or whatever the locusts down to eat it when he's making the glop when he's sorting through the brussels sprouts it's just so funny yeah it's just the look of disgust on his face when there's ones that aren't perfect and he's just throwing them away <laughs> i've got a minute though it's like you said the imaginative i, I loved i loved the frog one yeah the frog, oh, that was, that was but the the the, but the bit that done me the most, and I sat there tried so hard not to laugh because I knew that I was gonna, if I set myself off, I was going to miss all of it, was the rat death in the plane. Yeah. And it's not even the fact that they show it happening. It's the fact that they've got the camera on Vincent Price and he's like, sort of following the plane. And I, could, I actually sat there and thought to myself, I wonder if that was meant to happen or if he just blatantly was just playing up. It's just, what I love about this film, though, is it's, it's got this... 
it does have these comedic moments or these comedic mm. parts in it, but it's also a really kind of quite a disturbing film in, quite a, in, a, in a lot of ways. It's, it's one of them films that you sort of feel a bit bad for laughing at because right. of the fact, that, like you said, the, the gruesome deaths that are in it. And you sort of, you, you find yourself giggling. You're like, well, maybe you shouldn't actually because... <laughs> But it is. I I think it, this is, is an absolutely excellent film. It is insane and brilliant. And he he's one of the few people. The thing about this film is that I've always considered this to be quite an English film, quite a British film. Yeah, it, it's very much in in keeping with the British horror films that Hammer made and people like that. But it's strange to see someone like Vincent Price, who's an American, fitting into that so well. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the British, especially with the horror, not the horror, humour bits that were in it. It was very British humour that was in it. Yeah. Especially with the police and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it, Vincent Price fitted with it very, very well. And it's very scary the fact that he, he fitted in with it so well. I, 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 it's, it's a very strange thing, but it is fantastic, fantastic film. I loved it to pieces. And yeah. of course, they made a. Sequel. <laughs> 72, they made Dr. Fives Rises again. Uh, same director, um, same writers, but uh, Robert Fust also wrote some of it, and Robert Blees uh, wrote some other, some parts of it. Uh, who He was responsible for different film TV series in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. He wrote The Black Scorpion in 1957, from Earth to the Moon, 1958, Whoever Slew Auntie Rue in 1972, and Frogs in 1972. Now, the interesting thing for me about this film is that apart from Vincent Price, okay, and the two of the guys who play the coppers, fair enough, the interesting thing about this is that there are characters in this, although there are actors in this film who were in the first film but they're playing completely different characters. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a bit weird. For me as well, what I found is the fact that it was the second one as well, is there's it, especially for the sci-fi um, followers, there is a very big name in it, in this, in the sci-fi films that later on, sort of a big sci-fi thing later on, well, who is who is literally just sort of a background character. Yeah, well, let's let's go through it. Other than the ones, I mean, you know, Vincent Price, Hugh Griffith, Peter Jeffrey, John Car uh, Cater, Terry Thomas, and Caroline Monroe are all in this. Uh, so you know, they were from the original film, and kind of like, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we got Robert Quarry, who was in TV series in the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. He was also in Count Yorga Vampire in nineteen seventy. Uh, the Return of Count Yorga in 1971, Death Master 1972, Madhouse 1974, Cyclone 1987, The Moon in Scorpio 1987, The Phantom Empire in 1988, Beverly Hills Vamp in 1989, Alienator in 1990, uh, Haunting Fear <coughs> in 1990, and Spirits in 1990. Uh, he was also in Evil Spirits 1991, Teenage Exorcist in 1991, Inner Sanctum 2, 1994, Highbridge, 1997, and The Invisible, uh, was it The Invisible Mum 2 in 1999. Oh. We have Valley Kemp, who was in Rollerball in 1975. Yes. Uh, and John Thor, 
who most people will know from Morse and the Sweeney and all that sort of thing, uh, was in TV, film TV series, uh, TV films and series rather from the 60s and 70s. And he's only in this for about ten, five minutes, if that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Keith Buckley, he was in TV series in the 60s and 70s, and he was in The Virgin Witch in 1972. Uh, Louise Flanders, uh, who was in TV series in the 1970s and 90s. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde in 1971. And Who Can Kill a Child in 1976. That's not a request, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Gerald Sim was in TV series in the 60s, 70s and 80s. He was also in Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde in 1971. And Kadayong. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It's K-A-D-O-Y-N-G. Cadoing, 1972. No idea what that is, but there you go. Uh, Milton Reed was in TV series in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. He was in Blood of the Vampire in 1958, Night Creatures in 1962, Berserk in 1967, The Blood and Satan's Claw in 1971, The People That Time Forgot in 1977, and Terror in 1978. Now, next we have Peter Cushing. Yes. Now, Peter Cushing <laughs> it was in TV series in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And he has a longer list of films than Vincent Price. I'm going to yes. try to go through them. Now, he did a TV <laughs> film of 1984 in 1954, and they did that twice. It was live. They did it the first time, but it was so popular, they did it live again. That's incredible. Uh, Curse of Frankenstein, 1957. The Abominable Snowman, 1957. Horror of Dracula, 1958. Revenge of Frankenstein, 1958. The Mummy, 1959. The Flesh of the Fiends, 1960. The Brides of Dracula, 1960. The Hellfire Club, 1961. Night Creatures, 1962. The Evil of Frankenstein, 1964. The Gorgon, 1964. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, 1965. Doctor Who and the Daleks, 1965. The Skull, 1965. Island of Terror, 1966. Daleks Invasion of 21 to 58. AD 1966, Frankenstein Creative Woman 1967, Night of the Big Heat 1967, Torture Garden 1967, The Blood Beast Terror 1968, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed 1969, uh, Scream and Scream Again 1970, One More Time 1970, The Vampire Lovers 1970, the House That Dripped Blood, 1971. Incense for the Damned, 1971. Twins of Evil, 1971. Iron Monster, 1971. Tales from the Crypt, 1972. Dracula AD, 1972. 1972. Uh, Asylum, 1972. Fury of the Dark, 1972. Horror Express, 1972. The Creeping Flesh, 1973. Nothing But the Night, 1973. And Now the Screaming Starts, 1973. The Satanic Rites of Dracula, 1973. From Beyond the Grave, 1974. Madhouse, 1974. Frankenstein... And the Gronster from Hell, 1974. The Beast Must Die, 1974. Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, 1974. The Big Scare, 1974. Legend of the Werewolf, 1975. The Ghoul, 1975. At the Earth's Core, 1976. The Devil's Men, 1976. Star Wars, 1977. Shockwaves, 1977. The Uncanny, 1977. Mystery of the Mon of Monster Island, 1981. House of the Long Shadows, 1983. <laughs> Biggles Adventures in Time, 1986. And of course, he kind of made an appearance in one of the new Star Wars films as well, CGI'd. God, blimey, that was a. Uh, no, I, this is what I'm saying. Peter Cushing, he's, he's got a rap sheet 
of films. <laughs> and he is in this for all of about a minute. He's, he's in one scene. That's he's it. in one scene. He walks in and says probably about three lines. Yeah. And that's it. You don't see him for the rest of the film. I know. Uh, we have uh, Beryl Reed, who was in TV series in the 1980s. She was in The Beast in the Cellar in 1971, and The Death Wheelers, or as it's known in England, Psychomania in 1973, which I still think was the basis for the video for Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Right, uh, then we have Fiona Lewis, who was in series, uh, TV series and films in the 70s and 80s. She was in the Fearless Vampire Killers or Dance of the Vampires in 1967. Tinteria, Killer Shark in 1977. The Fury, 1978. Strange Behaviour, 1981. Strange Invaders, 1983. And Inner Space in 1987. Uh, John Comer, who was in TV series in the 60s and 70s. Gary Owens was in TV series and films in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Uh, he was in, he was the Naked Witch, 1961, he did a voiceover, and Destroyer in 1988, he did a voiceover. There you go, that's it. I told you, we could have just done an episode and sound what these people have been in. We could do that. We could just pick, pick random, uh, random actors, list all the films they've ever been in, and that's it. <coughs> anyway, right. The synopsis for this um, sequel, it says, The Vengeful Doctor Rises Again, Seeking the Scrolls of Life in an Attempt to Resurrect His Deceased Wife. Yes. Now, for me, this is just as camp and mad and brilliant as the original. I don't know. I think this, this does top it a little bit. I'm pretty sure with the deaths that were in it, they tried topping it. Yeah, they, they they blatantly tried doing extra on on the death scenes. I mean, Vincent Price is still fantastic, and as you say, in both films, that one, the first one, and this this one, is supporting cast of some of the cream of British character actors. Yeah, and it's, it's fantastic. You you can't fault any of them. Well, it's it's that some of them are in both yeah. films playing different characters, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There is that, but it's just what I, what I love about this film is the fact that, with a, like we said, with a lot of sequels and stuff like that, they either go one or two ways. I either go, or it's all one of three ways. They either go really, really awfully, yeah, along the same sort of lines, or they blow it out of the water. And that this film, I think, is in between the second two. It sort of goes along the same lines, but does step itself up a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Again, I mean, the, 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 the variety of methods of killing people in this is yeah. fantastic. I mean, my favourite one's still the, the the spike through the guy's head from out of the telephone. That was, oh, only, that was I didn't expect that at all because it was like, oh, he's going to, yeah, he's being bitten by a snake. He's going to die from the poison. I, well, it's the thing. It's just the thing. I sat there and I did the same thing. I'm obviously I was spoken on some of the other things. I, I like reptiles, I love snakes. Yeah. So when he got bit by the snake and I'm like, he's sitting there going, I'm sucking the poison out. I'm like, it's a boa. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Boa construct- and I sat there, but that's the thing. So I sat there ages for ages going, it's the snake. The snake's gonna kill him. And then when he picked up the phone and it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not what I was but the thing <laughs> is as well, it's still kept along the whole thing of the snake. It's yeah, that's what the projectile is, and I sat there like that was through me completely. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I mean, again, the the, the way that my, I mean, that one and the other one I love is the giant scorpion. What I, this giant scorpion I did like, I liked the crushing one as well that he done. Oh, the bed. Yeah, the bed. Yeah. That was, wow. Some of them. But I was just saying, it's just some of them. I've got to admit that it, it did, just saying, it, it tried topping itself every single time. Like the, the way that one of the guys got sandblasted, I thought, yeah, white, very well done, especially with the skull afterwards, I thought was very well done. Yeah. But it um, was very similar to the to the the guy in the first one that got frozen by hail. Yeah, I just, but I, I love the whole thing. It's like one of it's just, it was almost like the fact that they basically just carried on writing writing sort of death scenes, and we'll, we'll use them in the next one. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, it's just um, Vincent Price again. You only ever. Oh, there's stuffs have fallen over in my kitchen. Um, yeah, Vincent Price again. It's the fact that you hear his voice in it, but you don't actually see him speak. It's all done yeah. from his throat, stuff like that. And again, like we said in the first one, him eating and drinking, where he's putting it behind him. I thought it was very well done as well when he choked on the fishbone. Yes, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. That was but good. It's, I, but think... it's, I like the whole thing about it. It's the fact that he, he got the cream of the crop of horror horror actors with him, and yeah, yeah. He, he hits it so well. I think. Th- I think the mix of of horror and comedy in this was a little bit less balanced. In the first one, I think it was just right, completely yeah. balanced. In this one, I think there was a little bit more comedy than there was horror. But yeah. on the whole, it didn't really, it's only just and it didn't really matter. It didn't really no. take away. From, but it's still a it's a great story and a great it, film. What I like about it is the fact it wasn't. The, the comedy side of it wasn't over the top done with everyone. Again, it was anti. As much as I'm going to hate saying this, it's anti the useless policing that was in it. Yeah. The, the fact also, that, again, it was, the, it was the policeman that was sort of the, the comedy factor in it. There's also a couple of really great bits where they do this whole kind of almost breaking the fourth wall of kind of looking directly at the camera. Yeah. When something happens, they look at the camera. Just, so did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you kind of go, well, hang on a minute, this is a bit weird. But I've got to say, I loved, I loved the whole, <laughs> the bit where he's trying to make it seem like there's a desert storm going on. Yeah. With the giant fan. Yeah. <laughs> My, of course, the other thing, great thing is that is the, the, uh, the guy in the gin bottle. Yeah. The guy in the giant gin bottle. How they got him in there, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But it's just, it's again, it's just the, the description of people going, oh, yeah, I found a bottle. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I found a, a dead body. It's like, yeah, it's like, no, it was in a bottle. And they're like, you can sort of see it. It's just going, what? Yeah. And it's, just, it's, it's almost like you would do, like, when you watch it, you're sitting there, like, okay, yeah, he's going to die. And then it, 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 he turns up and he's de- obviously dead in a gym bottle. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. But again, I love the death, the death scenes in this. It was amazing. I love the, the different uniqueness of every single one in it. And the other thing as well is the classy bit where he transfers his wife's body to the sarcophagus in a Rolls Royce coffin on on railway tracks. Yeah, that's brilliant. Being that serenaded good. by his helper, as yeah. she was dancing around it. I thought was very well done. I just. But I love the fact, again, yeah, there were parts of it that, yeah, you sort of see 
the, the sort of break in the fourth form, especially with Vincent Price's bit, where he pulls the lever and his key comes out. And he goes, but why the key? And he's, he's sitting there and you see him the whole way through. It's just like, he's sort of sitting there afterwards going, I'm confused about what's going on. <laughs> but I, I love the effects in it again. Yeah. The, well, the, 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 the set design as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, mainly the set design for the, the was meant to be underneath the t um, underneath the mountain area. <laughs> yeah, the feet, the feet were yeah. It's like, that means that there's a body in the, in the mountain somewhere. I don't know, but it's just, it's the fact that they go through the tunnel and it's, it's what he's created again. And listen again, another clockwork band that's quite happily just quit just take the clothes off and wound up and they're fine. Yeah, and it's and it's the whole Art Deco thing, like it was in his house. The whole sort of yeah. same sort of design and everything, with the organ and everything. Yeah, I loved it. I just that's the bit, just... the bit I love with, with John Thor's character when he goes into the tunnel, and he 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 suddenly stops partway through the tunnel, puts his ear up to the to the rocks, and he could hear the organ playing. It's like yeah. What? <laughs> I just I love the whole thing about. It. I just I I did like the effect at the end. The, um... Bad when he lost lost the ability of or lost the powers of um, serum that he was taking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very suddenly ages. Yeah, that was really well done. Oh, that was very well the done. thing about this that gets me is this film is open left open for a sequel. Someone should make a sequel about of this. But it's just it's the thing is as well. What I love about it is the fact that. It's again, yeah, like you said, they've left it wide open for a sequel. But the police don't seem that bothered about catching him. No, he's, he's gone off and he's got escaped, and they're just they're sort they're of just happy that he's gone. Watching him. Yeah, they're standing there watching him. They're just happy that he's gone because well, they... they even say it in the film, it's like, oh, he's got a one way ticket to Egypt, and they're like, oh, hopefully he won't come back. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> but now I'm somebody, somebody somewhere out there. Who's got enough money to make a good, good feature film? Should buy the rights to to Doctor Fibes the character and write a new story based on Doctor Fibes coming back for some reason. And the good thing about it is you can be played by anybody because of the fact that it is, you can put use whatever face. Yeah, I would suggest Nicolas Cage, but then that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, I, see, I'm, I'm as we said before, I'm not a big fan of Nicolas Cage, but after watching him in Willy's Wonderland and a few other very, very bizarre films, I'm starting to change my mind about him. <laughs> but yes, it's, these films, I don't know. It's I thought they were going to be very dated. Right? Yeah. They're both 72, 71, 72. They confused me a bit in the beginning because obviously the first one done in 1971, yeah. And he then sleeps or goes into this hiber hibernated sleep. Yeah. Comes out and this film's done a year later. But obviously I know the whole the whole thing about in films, time changes differently. But it's just the fact they're sitting there like in three years. I'm like, oh there's been one. Yeah. But it's really but it's the fact that it's just again, it, it I love the whole thing about this. It's the fact that it, it's I thought it was gonna be very dated, I thought it was gonna be like Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a typical seventies film, but there's gonna be lots of like, women scantily clad and stuff like that. But it's not. No, it's, it's completely the opposite. It is. It's dated very well. It's it's aged really well. It is. It is very typical of a lot of the British 
uh, horror films that were done by um, by Hammer and other companies that type, Amicus and those sort of companies, who who did these really great stories, yeah. based around ac- absolutely excellent character actors and and it's as I say on the whole, I think they're great films that still stand up to, yeah. to be watched. Like they're they're just as good now as they ever were, and they're, they're, they're really worth watching. But I would say as well it's the fact that again, as much as again anyone else could have played his character, I think Vincent Price in this film just it suited him so well. Absolutely, like I love the I love the guy as an actor. I love the, I love every film he's been in. But he he seems to play. It's like a lot of characters, a lot of actors. I think, especially when they get stereotype written into sort of horror films and stuff like that, they always seem to play the same character. But I don't think I can ever see a film, even in this film, which is where he's meant to play the same character. Yeah. He doesn't. He does yeah. every single role for every film. He's different in every single one. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love. It's, it's a great film. It is. And, and everything works exactly right. Yeah. It's really weird. It just kind of works. It's great to watch, great fun to watch, with great effects, and it's it's a sort of film. If I could make a film half as good as as either of these two, I would be happy, really happy. Yeah. Right. So there you go. The abominable Doctor Five, Doctor Five Rises again. Well worth watching. I will put links up to them on as I always do. Check them out and uh, see what you think. Uh, next week we will be doing going back to doing two shorts and a long. The long next week is a quite a well-known eighties horror film. Yes. Um, I think it is. I've got to get this right. Yes, it is. Better get it right before we have to put out another apology one. Yes, no, it's a, it's a, it's a quite a famous 1980s horror film um and uh, all i'm going to say is it is of italian origin so there you go but it's not suspiria (laughs) right thank you very much for your help aid and assistance young scott that's okay thank you for having me and letting me be part of this wonderful opportunity i've really done where i was going with it no um so yes uh check out dr five's films and uh, we will see you again next week uh for more of the same in a different way with different things and different attitudes and different uh bananas and more feet than you could possibly shake a stick at thank you very much and uh goodbye bye The Cypora Film Podcast.
The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast.